Have you ever felt it? That excitement, that hum that reaches into the very base of your stomach and makes your whole body feel alive? Well, your life can feel like that. Each week, I'll be sharing ways your personal wellness journey can lead you to a life that literally makes you hum. We'll be diving into all things nutrition, mindset, connection, spirituality and relationships to encourage you to be courageous and brave with your life and most importantly, unashamedly you. Together, let's find your hum. Welcome to episode 38 of Find Your Hum. I'm your host, Kirsty, and this week I'm joined by Kira Sutherland to talk medical astrology. Now, as you would know, I've started to do an acknowledgement of country. However, this podcast was recorded in England, so it actually recorded on my ancestors' area, which is pretty cool. Now, I actually recorded this interview seven months ago, and I don't know why it has taken me so long to edit it and get it out to the world, but it is done now, and you get to soak up the wonderful knowledge that Kira brings. Now, Kira is an experienced nutritionist, naturopath, and sports nutritionist, and seriously has over like 20 years clinical experience. This lady can honestly do it all. She sees clients, she lectures, and this is actually where I met Kira. I had the privilege of having her as a supervisor during my degree, and she also mentors other practitioners. Now, she's often called upon to teach and present at astrology conferences around the subject of medical astrology as her depth of knowledge is just so amazing, and we get to experience that today. So to have her on here was an absolute privilege. Astrology has been such a big part of me getting to know and like myself better. So when Kira introduced me to the thing called medical astrology, my whole body went into tingles. To be able to link two of my passions, helping people and astrology, I was honestly buzzing. For many, the idea of medical astrology may seem too far out and a little bit woo-woo. But if we go back a few hundred years, we were still integrating this into how we treated patients. In fact, if we actually reference the father of medicine, Hippocrates, He himself stated, a physician without a knowledge of astrology has no right to call himself a physician. So this stuff has been around and in medicine for hundreds and hundreds of years. In much the same way that astrology is so much more than looking at a horoscope, medical astrology is deep and layered. As you will hear Kira explain, this really is a whole system to looking at your life on a physical, emotional, and spiritual level. When we do this, we can often find the sticking points that prevent us from healing. For instance, when the physical becomes stuck, we need to work on those other planes, the mental and the emotional, spiritual planes, to help shift the underlying cause of our symptoms and conditions. This really does bridge science with spirituality. Or, as Kira puts it, the sacred with the science. So, what was Kira like as a teenager? Oh, as a teenager, I was, I started to get into some spirituality. I mean, I'm born and raised in the San Francisco area, so, and in the 70s and 80s. So, that was, you know, there was some little you know, alternative influence going on. But what was I? A teenager. I was super social, very sporty, and uh, probably a little bit wild. A little bit <laughs> if you wild. Ask my, <laughs> if you ask my parents, I, you know, I, I took, took on life in a big way. And yeah, I had a pretty good fun, fun time in teenage years, but very into, I got started reading a lot of nutrition books in my teens. Um, I come from one side of my family's uh, quite fit and healthy and sporty. And the other side of my family has some thyroid and weight issues. So I, I started early kind of investigating how to nutritionally kind of keep myself, uh, lean. And then luckily I was super sporty. So yeah, I would say sports, nutrition, and spirituality all kind of started at the same time with a bit of wildness thrown in. (laughs) Always. Was it, it was a good little, little bit. I was super social. 
Yeah, and you can't be a teen without a little bit of wildness, can you? No, no. Luckily, my mom won't listen to this podcast, but yeah, I was probably a little wilder than anyone actually knew, but that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, exactly how it should be. Yeah. Uh, so I, that means pretty much that you have been like on your current path since you were a teen. Like it wasn't like, you know, some people have those moments where they change into nutrition or into a different like alternative kind of health but you seem to have had that right from the word go yeah I mean I I, I definitely went away well in America I grew up in uh, San Francisco and then I went to university in San Diego my original university and I actually didn't know what I wanted to do as much as I was into nutrition and fitness that wasn't I literally had no idea what I wanted to do for a job in America you can actually go to university in what's known as undeclared so you literally start a degree but you we in America you do a lot of general education classes for the first year or two and and so I went to university undeclared having no concept of what I was doing but then I quickly realized I was loving both uh, nutrition and dietetics and and sociology um, so it, yeah I I, yeah, I started streamlining at some point, but the spirituality was always just for a personal kind of personal use, really. And then it, after two years of university, I ended up in Europe. I actually quit university for a while and ended up working in Europe for four and a half years in the fashion industry, which most people don't know about me. And, um, and it sounds funny, but that was actually where I found who I was and what I wanted to do because I, I had a lot of free time between jobs and on trains and, and planes and whatever. There was a lot of travel involved in my work and I got an enormous amount of time to read and that's where I really delved into, I found natural medicine and I found spirituality and especially astrology. I had a, I had a boyfriend whose um, mum was an astrologer and so yeah, it all came together really at about the age of 1920. I figured it out and I was like, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know what a naturopath was growing up. Um, but I remember learning that about naturopathy and that it, I remember meeting a naturopath in Germany because it's quite big there. It's called a how practiker. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this combines all of my loves into one job. But I didn't know that existed because it was nutrition and herbal medicine and a bit of, you know, naturopathy traditionally has a bit of spirituality in it. And so, yeah, it was at about 20 that I really went, oh my God, there's a job that has all of this. And, and that really, that was the beginning of that path. Wow, that's quite yeah. a path too. Like, I mean, even though, like you said, you kind of went away from a bit to go to fashion, it still literally has been there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And if you look, if, if I look back, you know, one of my mum's friends was an astrologer when I was really little and she she's an Aries and I'm an Aries. And so she would always feed me great information. And, you know, you'd go off. I, I had a weird, not weird upbringing. I had a great upbringing, but you know, we'd be at a ski cabin with this lady and she would be teaching us about chakras and energy and auras. And so I, I did grow up in this, I grew up with two parents that were scientists, but very open-minded kind of alternative at the same time. It's yeah, it was fun. Sacred yeah. and science all at once. I love that. I, um, I actually like that whole, um, like bridging science with spirituality, like that just to me epitomizes what we should be doing with all this stuff anyway. So yeah, I love that. That has kind of been your like life with these things. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It, it, it has, you know, and I have years where I'm doing more, you know, I've post-grad studies in pure science and sports nutrition. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, but I have this whole spiritual side and, you know, that's always happening at home and in everything I do. But it's funny, my career has had years where I'm much more focused on the science or years where it's more the sacred or yeah, now I'm, I mean, I'm 50 now and it's now I'm to that point where I just want it combined all the time. I mean, I can, I can be either with a client, but you just, yeah, I'm loving the combination of it. Do you think that is yeah. easier to do now because there seems to be almost a beginning to 
a shift in quote unquote the general world more towards being open to spiritual practices so when you're talking about it in the realms of a consult they're not as weeded out by it or they're more receptive to it look at I think that's probably true to an extent. I think over the last couple of years, people have been more open. I mean, I do, I see clients for endurance sports nutrition and literally I would never bring anything in. I just, I stay to what the client wants, right? Because I can do either. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do find, especially the last year or two, especially with COVID, I think people are turning to looking for more meaning or as they have that time and slowing down, they're, they're reaching for different types of stability in their life, whether it's some people go to religion, some people go to spirituality, whatever it is, family. But it's, yeah, it's interesting how it is weaving more together. I mean, the astrology side of my business this year has been just the busiest it's ever been without even thinking about it. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe people are, yes, I'll just say yes. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely feels like that is for me. Like you said, whether or not it's because they've been made to stop and slow down or like you said, they're, I want to have a better word, searching for that sort of more purpose or meaning in their life and where they get that from and how they kind of mesh together. Well, and it's interesting because as the economy in some places has slowed down or stopped, you know, in travel and, you know, in, in, in some parts we've lost a lot of what we love in life you know, with, with locking down of borders, yet then we have to search inner for that fulfillment and, and tap into feeling stable in different ways. And so maybe that is why people have reached for it. It's interesting within our naturopathic nutrition industry, you know, we're degree qualified now, and it's very evident. It's, there's this huge push to evidence-based practitioners, yet naturopathy and natu- you know uh, naturopathic nutrition has always had a spiritual undertone to it and in some ways i think we've lost a lot of that because it's not taught within the university system all the energetics anymore but i find as i lecture to final year students they're starving for it because mm. i think a lot of people turn to natural medicine who are also a little bit some of them are spiritual some of them aren't but um or open to things like that. But I find students get so excited, even though I'm at very evidence-based when they find out I have that whole other side. And they're, I think, it, you know, and it, that's fine if it's not within our degree, but, but knowing that there are those pathways to add to add another feather in your cap as a practitioner with the use of, I mean, we still teach flower essences and Bach flowers and things like that, but you know, there's so many other ways to look at clients that I think mm, starting to be missing in our education. Yeah. Mm. I actually remember being quite surprised about that when I found that about you, because Kira was yeah. actually one of my um, supervisors during um, yeah. my degree. And yeah, I remember when you started talking about it and it's probably the first really look into, I didn't actually even know you could do medical astrology until you handed yeah. us that like lovely Chart. laminated sheet and which is just amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that is such a, yeah, it is definitely missing. Like obviously like in the degree that we did, we had, I don't know what, 13 weeks on energetic healing and you kind of have this very quick mishmash of a few different modalities in healing, like your Chinese yeah. medicine, Ayurveda, and also a little bit of Greek. And yeah, yeah, you don't really go into it enough. But I remember during that 13 weeks, so much of it actually like makes so much sense. Yeah. And like you does. said, like with the mushing it together and yeah. And I find to me, I think almost the most simplest one in terms of relating it to what we did was more of the Greek one. Yet that seems to have been quite lost. Like the oh, Chinese. totally lost it. Yeah. 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 And it seems, yeah. yeah, very much more similar to, yeah, how we would treat somebody today, which I suppose yeah. is where, originally where it come from, wasn't it? The whole yeah. Greek medicine. Well, and that's what happened to me. I mean, I studied in the early 90s. 
And we, you know, school was a little bit more alternative then, and you could take extracurricular. We had, um, you know, electives. And I think I took color therapy, aromatherapy, and astrology as my three electives in yeah, naturopathy. Wow. And and, but in, in the regular teaching of naturopathy or nutrition, it was a little bit more reference to more alternative things. But, but I still felt even in the 90s when I was studying where, you know, everyone was graduating and they were off to do traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda because they have these beautiful systems that you could study, you know, and you have the elements and, you know, hot and cold and moist and things like that. And I was like, well, where is this in our history of our medicine? Because Western medicine, you know, it goes back to Greeks and, and Romans. And then, you know, it actually goes back to the Middle East. And um, I was like, we must have had a system. There's no way we were as advanced as we were and didn't have it. And so studying naturopathy for me, I then went searching for it. And I luckily was formally studying astrology at the same time. And then I realized, oh, we do have all the elements. And then we have, you know, in medicine until three, 400 years ago, we had what were known as the temperaments and the humors, mm -hmm. which are totally based on the elements. And if you go back further with that history, it all leads you back to medical astrology, which was part of medicine until 500 years ago. Um, I mean, even in the Renaissance period, it was really big. So we just, we kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater when we got rid of using leeches and bloodletting. Yet leeches are back, I have to say. We use leeches again. Um, so yeah, for me, it was the search for a system because that's how my brain works and the love of that energetic side. And it, and it is there and exists as medical astrology, but it's just so unheard of. And yeah, in the early nineties, it was even more unheard of. Whereas I, I feel like it's become a much more popular vein, even in astrology circles, it's becoming much more popular. I suppose what we should like loop back to is what actually is medical astrology? Like, obviously, I had not really heard of it until um, you started speaking about it. How would you explain yeah. it? So that's a good question. Um, there, you know, this isn't about reading a horoscope and, oh, this is what's happening today. It's, it's, it's a whole system of looking at the body um, on an energetic level. So if you take, you know, most of us all know our sun sign, which is, you know, where the sun was the day we were born. But we in medical astrology, you actually take the whole birth chart or what we recall, we would call the natal chart. So that's not just your sun sign, but what sign the moon was in, what sign was your ascendant or your rising sign, which is the constellation on the eastern horizon, the moment you took your first breath and kind of incarnated into this lifetime, if you want to say. We look at where every planet is because every planet is in a certain sign at one time or another. And so we look at, we look at the, what we would call the natal chart. The way I describe it is it's like this circular blueprint of the heavens, the moment you were born and depending on where things are placed, what sign your sun was in or your moon, it has influence over, you know, most people know astrologically about, you know, personality astrology, but it also has influence over the physical body. They, you know, back to the Egyptian times, they, they pulled the body apart, not literally, but um, they divided the body down into different astrological signs. So there's, you know, like Aries rules the head, Pisces rules the feet and the immune system. So each sign has rulership over different body parts and each planet has rulership over different body parts or systems and organs. And so it's this whole kind of orchestra of what you were born with, which shows your predispositions to, to health and illness. So it kind of shows you your constitutional makeup and where you might have weak points and strong points. And it also very much looks at the elements. So, you know, like how much fire, water, you know, air or earth you have in your chart. And that very much changes the strength of your digestion, how hot your body runs, you know, are you, are, are you prone to cold illnesses? So there's, oh my gosh, I could talk about that for a billion hours, but yeah, I hope that all makes sense. So it's this whole way of just looking at somebody's constitutional makeup and maybe 
gives you hints as to how better to support somebody when they are unwell. Lovely. Does that make any sense? That yeah. description. And it's just interesting when you were saying like how it shows people's constitution. So I know like a lot of people look at Ayurveda particularly um, for yeah. like constitutional type things. But like when I personally, and I don't have anything against it, I just still, I love looking at all of these different things. Yeah. But if you're looking at like the astrology chart, like you've got literally 12 houses, it feels very much more in depth than maybe particularly looking at three different constitutions that you have yeah. in terms of being really able to go in and pick it apart more in terms of, yeah, yeah really digging into who you are and, basically how you're made up not just like you said personality but as part of your body oh yeah there's so many and just you know what i love most about it is it's not just about the physical body if you get if you get really into astrology and you you look at the whole like i said i look at the natal chart like this blueprint that you were gifted at birth to work with you don't just have the physical things that you can learn from astrology, but astrology very much, you know, there's a whole psychological vein to astrology. There's the emotions connected with astrology, the spirituality. And so you have all these layers that you can work with, with an astrology chart. So even if I see that somebody's having trouble, you know, with their planet Mars, which is about heat and acute ailments and pain and redness and swelling, um, if they're having trouble dealing with the physical, we can move to the emotional or the mental or the spiritual side of what that planet represents for them. And like what, you know, if we're getting specific, what house or what sign it's in. And so I love the idea that you can work on all these different levels because in natural medicine, we have the, what we call the holistic triad, which is mind, body, and spirit or mental, emotional, and the physical planes of health and illness. And as we all know, stress can make us ill. Emotions can make us ill. And if you, if you go to support one of these three parts of that triad, you will often assist the other two parts as well, just because that's how the body works. We can't really separate emotions to the physical. And so in astrology or medical astrology, if the physical is stuck, we can then start talking about the emotional or the spiritual side of what's happening. And then maybe learning about that with yourself, it will bring the physical along and help heal it. Does that make sense? It's the, it's for me, it's the perfect mind body medicine. Yeah. And I, I know when I have um, like started to see clients and got a lot more comfortable, obviously with bringing in the energetics I find that actually so many people resonate with actually I do feel stuck in a particular yeah. area and it's like you, you know, you can give them, I don't know, some food to eat to help decrease general inflammation in their body. Like we can do all that, but if they're still an inflamed, like you said, on an emotional level and they're stuck there, that inflammation, it doesn't matter how much good nutritious food they eat, that is still going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, and that's where it's very hard to prove. I mean, we can prove it a little bit with neurotransmitters and emotional links to disease, but again, with, with people doing, you know, a very serious evidence-based nutrition or naturopathy, we're missing half of the story because we all we are all emotional beings and we all experience you know stress affects us on more than a physical level so why are we not treating it on multiple levels and also if you look at that doing it as you know evidence-based in an experiment to get you know i suppose a good paper written then you need to have quite a large sample size and all those things that oh, go into yeah. it but we've just like you've said, it's a snapshot of the sky when you were born in the place that you were born. So that blueprint is quite individual to you. So oh, yeah. how then can you have, you know, a sample size of, I don't know, even 500 people, they're never going to have the same blueprint. So you're never going to be able to give them the exact same no. remedy no. so yeah you can't i don't know n equals one in this case like you're never going yeah. to be able to do it on such a a size that they want 
evidence for, no, are you? No, but, but even if you look at clinical trials, and don't get me wrong, I love modern medicine and clinical trials, yeah. but everybody has different genetics. Everybody yeah. has different DNA or, you know, SNPs, as we call it in, in medicine, you know, different genetic anomalies which is why you have different results in clinical trials, because our bodies all don't function the same. Even though we all have the same organs, we have the same hormones, the same neurotransmitters, we all have them in different ratios because we're all, we are so individual. It's, you know, yeah. I'm not against, you know, I'm not trying to disprove evidence-based medicine because it's phenomenal. Yeah, but, we definitely need it. <laughs> but there's so many other levels to what's going on with people's health. And, and you know, I remember a story from Deepak Chopra, oh my gosh, 30 years ago of when he was studying to become a doctor and going into a cardiology ward, you know, a cardio ward where people have all had heart attacks. And he tells a story about asking all these men in this cardiac ward, why they've had a heart attack <laughs> he said something like 80 percent of the people gave emotional mental reasons for why they had a heart attack not physically my heart had a blockage or i you know you know it it was he said it was phenomenal what everyone came to as a conclusion and we just we've unfortunately and in in the scientific method you have to take the emotion out of it sometimes but we've also forgotten that it's an intricate part, the mental and emotional state of your well-being. It's huge. It's like yeah. the days you feel amazing, you can do so much more physically. The days you feel horrible emotionally, you don't want to do as much. Or you go and you eat the foods that you don't even realize actually increase your serotonin levels to try to make you feel better. Yeah. You know, we're operating always as an emotional being. We just don't know it. No. And I think, yeah, this definitely or any kind of system that allows you to work with yourself on more an energetic level really is going to help you heal totally, not just sort of almost around the fringe of it. Yeah. Do you think it changes, like you say about the blueprint of when you were born, but then obviously we have planetary transits that are happening all the time yeah. because the skies are moving all the time. Does that sense yeah. and then you would layer potentially oh, over yeah. the top absolutely um i mean you can look at looking at the natal chart or your astral you know, your basic chart is like looking at your constitution right it's it's that's what you were born with that's the, the stories you have to work with but the transit so what what the planets are doing now in the sky and then we also have something called progressions which is more technical astrology but we kind of shift some things in your chart depending on how old you are um, they have a massive impact. They're often the triggers for health ailments, or they can be a trigger for understanding why you have a health ailment and what to go do about it. So they are, transits are like the catalysts that activate certain parts of your chart for you to go learn about them. Because, you know, we definitely, if we're going, if we're going pure astrology, your natal chart has bits in it that you're super comfortable with. Yes, I, I love, you know, where my moon is and I, I, I love that, you know, that sign that it's in and I, you know, but you have, you have planets that you're uncomfortable with or planets that were born under bigger stress than others. And when a planet is stressed and it doesn't get attention, it, it's like a naughty kid who acts up and asks for attention if you're ignoring it. And sometimes your body asks for attention through physical ailments or emotional ailments. So you go pay attention to that part of your chart. And, and I think transits are a big catalyst or trigger for those planets that you don't give big enough voice to at times in your life. Oh, I like it explained like that. Yeah. 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 I you know, and it's, you know, good and bad triggers. Sometimes it resolves, you know, I don't think transits are going to cause all ailments. It resolves things, but it also, it just highlights area of areas of where you need to go do work because you need, you know, the birth chart could also be seen the way I teach it sometimes in medical astrology. It's like an orchestra. You have all these different instruments and they can all play really well together, but at times there can be discord and, you know, one person's out of tune or each planet needs a solo at different times. They need to be heard by you. And if they don't get a solo, they end up like the little naughty kid in the back of the classroom who pretends they don't want attention, but 
that's why they're acting up is because they do want attention. Yeah. Yeah. They start screaming for it <laughs> quite literally in some cases. <laughs> I know they do. And unfortunately, sometimes it's through physical ailments. Yeah. 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 So how do you like incorporate, incorporate this into your consultations? Because I know that you're very much against obviously lose, using this as predictive as such, yes. like you won't diagnose yeah. and stuff by it. So no. how do you then use it? So on a practical um, level. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I won't predict like, oh, you will have this ailment or, or this ailment. I just think that's, it's dangerous and it's, it's, it's not, it's not malpractice, but it's just, it's not, it's not correct way of dealing with people in their minds. And you don't want to tell somebody, oh, you're probably going to end up with this ailment because you forget about, you know, you don't want to forget about the power of the mind. And if I plant that seed for somebody, I don't want them to then go and create some big ailment, right? Yeah. So I'm not a predictive astrologer. And when, when people email me about consults and they're kind of asking about predictive stuff, I'm very clear that I don't do that. I, so look, as a naturopath, sports nutritionist, people book in with me and we never, ever talk astrology. We just do, you know, nutrition naturopathy or if people ask for the astrology i um i will prepare their chart ahead of time and have a good look at just their constitutional makeup but i will also get them to fill out a short questionnaire about family history of health stuff um, their health history and what they want to focus on most of the time people get a hold of me because they actually have one or two health things that they want to work on and so what by them telling me what they want to work on, I can find it within the chart and we can have a good discussion, not just about that, those ailments physically where they are in the chart, but then we can look at that mental, emotional, spiritual side of where that's presented in the chart as well. So it becomes this whole mind body way of working with their health or sometimes people have ailments or issues going on and you can use the chart to kind of uncover why it's happening or what part of the chart it's happening from, or how is a better way to explain this? Sometimes, you know, people will have like digestive ailments, but there's different reasons people have digestive ailments. Like you can have poor digestive function or poor enzymes. And so you're just a slow, cold digester. But other people, say a Virgo, who very much rules the nervous system, if they have digestive complaints, I know I need to go and treat their nervous system as the underlying cause of their digestive trouble. Whereas if it's like a Cancerian who rules you know, the stomach and digestion, I will look more at the physical digestion having trouble or I'll look at the emotional links to their digestion because cancer is very connected with the moon and emotions. So, so there was a long way of kind of saying it gives me hints as to the underlying systems that are causing problems. Did that as, a, make sense? as a Virgo with digestive problems, you've just yes. nailed it for me. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. You've done by my nervous right. system. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing, right? Like, you can come in with a bunch of digestive complaints and yes, I can give you digestive herbs or work on what foods you're eating. But if I don't address your nervous system that gets jammed up in what we call sympathetic dominance all the time, if I don't go after that at some level, I'm not going after the underlying cause to the digestive trouble. So I can, you know, I can give you band-aids to fix the digestion, but they're band-aids. They're not, you know, naturopathy and, and holistic nutrition are all about what is the underlying triggers for these ailments. Like if someone has eczema, yeah, you can give cortisone cream and the eczema will go away for a while. But why is the person getting eczema? You don't just randomly get eczema. You get it because you're eating foods you're sensitive to or you're very stressed and your nervous system is overreacting. So, it, you know, it there's reasons you get ailments. And if you can't get to that reason, it can be very hard to permanently fix a problem. So it's like, obviously we like, we're basically like detectives. So your, yeah. your natal chart allows you to really narrow down where that culprit yeah. is. Yeah. It makes you just a better detective is what it is. It's yeah. Absolutely. And then you can also explain it to the person and like a Virgo like you, who I'm like, okay, it's all about the stress and the nervous system. You instantly go, yes, you're, you know, when you nail, when you hit, hit the nail on the head, 
the person has this awareness of themselves that they can then go work with. So, you know, it's, it gives people so many, it's working on multiple layers at once with our health. And I think, you know, modern medicine is phenomenal and it's great and it's acute medicine and it's emergency medicine. And it's, you know, I'd probably be dead three times. It wasn't for modern medicine, but it, it often doesn't teach you, it fixes things, but it doesn't teach you how to not have things happen again. And that's the beauty of natural medicine is it's, it's more for chronic ailments and then you layer it with medical astrology and it just gives you a roadmap into how to better do it. Do you find that when you talk to people, um, even on a medical level about their astrology, some, it's like this, they can see themselves for the first, not yeah. the first time, but they yeah. can actually see themselves. So it allows then you to connect with them as well, yes. which is so oh, yeah. important as a practitioner. Yeah. And, you know, we all need to learn more about ourselves and, you know, and, and part of life is that process. And so it's just another tool. And the other thing as a practitioner, this is an interesting thing. I use astrology very much as a counseling tool because if I know I have a really earth dominant person, so, you know, certain signs are more earth based, I'm going to talk about results and tangible things and evidence. And I'm going to use all this wording that's earthy, grounded, tangible, because that will make that person feel heard and understood and connected with. Whereas if I have a water-based person, you know, they're one of the water signs or they've got a lot of water in their chart. I'm going to use a lot of emotional wording um, because then they're going to feel heard and felt and supported on an emotional level. And for them, that's half their healing is feeling emotionally connected because if I didn't use a bunch of emotional wording, they would walk away and be like, I don't feel like that person really got me. You know, I don't, no matter how great of a practitioner you are, if you can't get that connection with somebody, you're missing part of the story of them healing. You know, we, we talk about in natural medicine and I think it's the same for astrology. Our appointments are typically an hour. Mm -hmm. And it's about sitting with the person and letting them be heard. And half the time, it's not even, I shouldn't say this, but half the time, it's not even what we tell them to go do. It's that we sit there and we, we're present with the person and their soul and who they are. And that's half the healing process is just being that unconditional support and listener. And astrology gives me just that other tool to do it. And even in clients that don't know that I do astrology, you know, I have to ask their birth date, you know, legally, I need to know date of birth. And so I always have a hint, at least to their sun sign, and maybe some of the wording I can use um, to connect in with them or the kind of style of treatment that they'll be motivated to do. So, you know, I use it as a psychological tool with everybody, even though they probably don't know I'm doing it. Yeah. But like you said, healing also happens on that level. It's like, oh, yeah. it's not just about what we tell them. It is that... Oh. Yeah, because a lot of people too, they just were busy, lots of things going on. They just, you don't get time to get heard. No, no. And in, in, you know, modern medicine, the way, I mean, I'm in Australia at the moment and we have an incredible medical system. And, but if you book in with a doctor, you typically have 15 to 20 minutes because that's what our medical system deems is the amount of time, you know, that the doctors are allotted to see you for typically. And, and, you know, the doctors, do an incredible job trying to hear you in that 20 minutes but you know it's the pressure of that system where they can't spend that hour unless you know there are doctors that do do that hour but you get charged differently for that um so again it's just that you know half the time your healing is just you talking and listening to yourself isn't it yeah because once you start saying it it's almost like you give yourself that aha uh -huh moment it's like yeah, actually now i'm actually stopped and said it out loud i can see where that's coming from <laughs> it's so true we are uh, we're totally our own medicine we yeah. just usually need another person to sit there and listen to it because talking to yourself in a mirror can get a little bit odd <laughs> yeah. people look at you strange if they see you <laughs> Although in these days, half the time you walk by cars and you see people doing, you know, Facebook live, Instagram lives, and they are talking to themselves. Yeah, it's becoming much more acceptable nowadays. I know, it's so funny. Um, yep. Do you ever look at, say, uh, go, stick with the Virgo digestion? Yep, sure, so, sure. 
Um, if someone like say I've come to you and I've got a digestive problem, like obviously looking at maybe the nervous system to help that as well, but would you also potentially look at where Virgo sits, say what house it sits in? Oh, and oh yes. That house isn't being in their oh, life. Yes. It's not yeah. done its thing. <laughs> Oh yes. You're touching on like my favorite topics. So I am, if people are really into astrology houses are, so the, the natal chart is split up into 12 pieces of pie basically. And those are referred to as houses. And depending on what time you're born, all your planets are going to be sitting in different houses because it's like this little map or a dial that we shift around. And as a medical astrologer, I have become a heavy, heavy house-based astrologer because I find a lot of ailments actually come from what house planets are sitting in, not just the planets and the signs. And so, yeah, absolutely. You know, the houses are, are, are referred to as like the, the stage, like an actor has a stage or the scenery an actor has to act out on. And so... The oh my God, I couldn't live without the houses. I'm actually halfway through writing a book on houses and medical astrology, literally. Oh, I can't wait I for that then. <laughs> I know, I know. It's half, it's half done. It's sitting there. It's my Christmas project is to work on it more. And, um, and I didn't mean to become a heavily house-based astrologer, but doing medical, it just comes to that again and again and again. So I find the houses can be just as influential in someone's ailments and also in someone's healing because you know if if your your moon in virgo is sitting in the i don't know in the 12th house the 12th house is a house of spirituality and esoteric things it's also the house of hospitals institutions it's the house of chronic ailments and it's also the house of the immune system and the autoimmune issues so I'm going to look at that moon in Virgo, but it's in the 12th house and I'm going to start to suspect, say, okay, so moon is digestion, Virgo is small intestines and nervous system, but then I put it into the 12th house, which is the immune system. I'm going to start to get suspicious that your digestive problems also have an immune or autoimmune kind of reaction, allergy sensitivity thing going on. So it gives me another paradigm to check in on that planet and system oh my god i love houses you can't yeah. tell so like just like another layer so you can <laughs> oh yeah. yeah it's like you just keep adding to it which is really cool yeah and and you know if somebody's stuck and they can't fix the problem on a physical level that's where we go to that emotional spiritual level are you doing enough spiritual practice do you need to be doing more meditation the 12th house is the house of withdrawal do you need more time to yourself to check in with working on yourself on a spiritual level not working on yourself but you know yeah. tapping into the sacred side of yourself and sometimes by doing that we know we're already going to affect the nervous system and calm ourselves down and you know, it's a house of sleep and rest. And so by asking someone to work on those things, we can often assist the physical. Yeah. Yeah. It's magic. I've it's probably, just, even though it's I haven't, universal magic. Yeah. Even though I haven't really like done like official medical astrology, yep. that is actually probably more so how I have just naturally found myself working it in. Yeah. Is yep. more like that. It's like, okay, so, you know, do you have something that's yeah sitting in a house that's that's not being dealt with? What's Can we stuck? go into yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like that, that naughty little kid in the back of the classroom, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I'm actually next year. Um, I haven't. I'm about to look for dates, but I was going to run it face to face, but with COVID, I'm just going to stay online. I'm running like a five or six part workshop specifically for practitioners to understand medical astrology. So that's super exciting project for next year. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Definitely because, keep me updated on that one. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's um, I literally was working on it yesterday, the timing of, you know, how I'm going to teach it. And so it'll be, you know, it'll be a good 10 hours of introducing naturopaths, nutritionists or whatever type of practitioner um, about using medical astrology as, you know, behind the scenes in your clinical practice. And you don't have to, you know, do whole charts, but it's gonna it's the whole energetics of healing on another level 
I don't know how you're going to find the time though, Kira. <laughs> oh my God, I can't wait. It's probably, it'll probably start in like June. I'll be honest, but yeah. And I'm also, um, I'm teaching only about half as much next year as I normally do within the university system in naturopathy and nutrition. I'm going to take a half step back to clear my plate for my more, it's time for more creative projects. Yeah. For the things that light you up more. I mean, teaching lights me up. I mean, working at the universities lights me up, but yeah, this is, this is lighting me up without grading. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can imagine that wouldn't be the fun part. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sitting in that this week, but it's almost over. Um, yeah. Looking at the natal chart, just out of interest, do you sure. look at whole house or do you look at um, Placidus or another oh, way? Right. Always the big question when people are involved yeah. in astrology. The number one thing astrologers argue about is which <laughs> house system do you use? So I was originally taught astrology in the Placidus system. Yep. So we can have quite uneven size houses in Placidus. And I'll be honest, I still stick to Placidus. There's a couple other medical astrologers that, you know, some of the bigger medical astrologers that I'm friends with also stick to Placidus. Placidus is often used in psychological astrology and, and I just, for me, I, you can use any house system. I'm not pro or against any house system. It's just what house system works for each individual astrologer, you know, cause we're really reading symbolism of the sky. And so to me, it doesn't matter. I stick with Placidus. I haven't had trouble finding what I need to find and interpreting with, with going any further. Whole sign houses, for a few techniques, I will jump to whole sign because whole sign is one of your original house systems. It's a lot older and there are some timing techniques which I'll jump to whole sign for, but I don't start with it. Um, the other house system I really like, it, especially if someone's born really far away from the equator, because in Placidus, you'll have really uneven houses the further you are born from the equator. And I will actually jump to equal houses. Oh, yeah. So, it, but we, that's actually different from whole sign, equal house. And um, so I'm, how do I say this? I'm a bit of a house slut. I will use <laughs> what is appropriate. I know I need to find a better term for that, but um, I'm an eclectic house user, I yeah. would say. But yeah, I'm mainly Placidus. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I definitely, um, I get my own personal chart. I don't have, um, for instance, Virgo or Aries don't rule a yeah. house in that. So yeah, you often can lose a sign and stuff in that as well, can't you? Yeah, and I'm the same. I, I don't have Aries or Virgo in charge of a house. And, um, it, you know, my, yeah. my natal chart actually has seven things in Aries and two things <laughs> in Virgo. So yeah. they all become what's known as intercepted, but it still works it still works for me and it's just, yeah, it, yeah. It's yeah, a very found, contentious topic with astrologers. Yeah. And more so recently I found there's a lot of people oh, that yeah. even had used um, Placidus and are going to back to whole house. So yeah, yes. I just thought I would chuck that in for interest sake. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a big thing, you know, um, traditional astrology. So a lot of the more ancient forms of astrology, which we call traditional astrology are really becoming popularized in the last 10 to 15 years. Um, a lot of ancient texts have finally been, um, not transcribed. Is that the right word? You know, tra tra yeah. Mm, yeah. You know, translated, translated yeah. thing. There's the word I was looking for. Um, and they're becoming much more popular and there's some amazing techniques within traditional astrology. I'm, I, and I do love it. But yeah, it's just, everyone has their own flair. It's just like, we're not all going to treat the same way. Yeah, we're, exactly. we're all using the same, just slightly different ways of interpreting the same thing. So for me, they all work. Yeah. And if it's, and again, it's, that's where it comes back to a personal thing. If you can look at one chart and really get what you need out of it, someone else looks at a different one and gets what yeah. they need out of it. it yeah. Like yeah. you said, it's all about yeah. personal thing. It is. It is. But such a good question. Yeah. Um, now I know you, when you mentioned it back in the beginning about bark flowers, I love bark flowers yes. and yes. I, most people don't know. I don't think that that was actually, he originally just did 12. Like what is there? Like yep. almost 40 of them now or something. I think crazy it's 38. Like I think it's yeah. 38, but I make that number up every time it's between 38 and 42. Yeah. <laughs> it, there's a, quite a few now. 
yeah, yeah they were actually really linked with the zodiac yeah. so even like dr bark knew that well, astrology was important I'm not actually sure he's the one who linked them, but he did originally come up with 12. Oh, okay. That was just what he came up with. I've, I've never in the Bachflower writing found that he actually ascribed them each, but somewhere quite quickly after he created what are known as the 12 healers, they were ascribed or handed to each of the 12 zodiac signs. And, you know, sometimes, and he was working on such an intuitive level anyway, creating them, he might not have known that he was creating basically what I consider a perfect fit to the 12 astrological signs. But maybe that was, I'm going to go very alternative here, but maybe that was just the universe guiding him to do it, even though he didn't, he wasn't, you know, there's nothing written that he specifically gave them astrological symbolism, but that, yeah, I use them constantly um, when doing astrology charts, because you can make up great mixes that are specific for someone's natal chart. And I do love them. And in Australia, we have the bush flower essences and people who know a lot of astrology and the essences have ascribed those to different signs as well. And, and I, I quite love those, but I've really stuck to the Bach flowers. That's what I was originally taught. And just on an energetic level, they work incredible, you know, so I haven't moved to other essences for different tools. Yep. So that's really part of um, shifting that energetic healing again, isn't it? Because they work at a very energetic level on the body. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and they just help us get that little bit unstuck from where we kind of, you know, step into the mud or the quicksand a little bit in our lives. And yeah, I love it. I will often make mixes of people's sun, moon, ascendant, and then one or two other planets for them to take. And it's like, yeah, it's like taking your energetic blueprint, but with Bach clouds. Yeah, it's lovely. And I like oh how gosh, it's they're the best. It, it makes it even more personalized when you can, I mean, they're personalized anyway, but if you can then like refer it to someone's chart and they can see this is why I'm giving it to you. Yeah. It's such a nice yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. I did a workshop last year um, in China, actually. And um, at the end of a big weekend workshop, I had taught the Bach flowers and astrology. And um, so I brought my set with me and we made everybody's Bach um, Bach mix from their chart at the end of the workshop. It was so fun. Yeah. Oh, they would have yeah. loved that too. They do. They love it. The Chinese are really, really, China has this big surge on Western astrology at the moment. And um, I've been teaching online to them for about two, two and a half years. And they love the Bach flowers as well. Sometimes they get, it's hard for them to get them, but they do love it. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. Mm. Um, especially considering that they've got their own, system i know i know but they love they love western astrology as well yeah yeah um the probably last thing i want to ask before we finish because i know we're getting to an hour is you um like how did you get into this and learn it yourself because like when you obviously started to really be interested in medical astrology i'm sure it wasn't around as much well even the information wouldn't have been as easily accessible um, no oh my god the internet's made such a difference yeah so, so how did you so, find out <laughs> well when i was studying naturopathy i started studying astrology at the same time and my lecturer probably in her second term of astrology gave a one our lecture on what was known as medical astrology and so she she basically was like aries is the head taurus is the neck and i at the same time was studying naturopathy which some of our old herbal texts actually refer to different planets ruling different herbs like culpepper nicholas culpepper who was in the 1600s you know all these old herbal texts have astrological links because until about 400 years ago, a lot of Western doctors also studied, you know, medical astrology was part of their curriculum to an extent, you know, and the temperaments and sanguine and choleric and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of synchronicity, that's not a word. Um, <laughs> I like there was it, synchronicity, we'll it. <laughs> I know. There was synchronicity in the timing and I was like, oh my God, medical astrology is it's that system I've been looking for that was missing even in Western naturopathy. And so I um, chose to do a project in my astrology class on medical astrology. We have to do a big assignment of our choosing. And I went and basically tried to find every text, 
every book, because there was, well, I'm going to show my age here. There was no internet back then, and um, the 90s. And um, so I found enough books to teach myself medical astrology. So I actually didn't study medical astrology formally with anybody. I'm, I'm self-taught and then used over 25 years. I mean, I've obviously read literally, I must have 50 books on medical astrology. And, you know, when you go to conferences, there are other people that lecture in medical astrology. So becoming friends with them and going to their lectures and, but I am self-taught, um, which, you know, it, I probably, you know, if we go back to traditional medical astrology, I probably do it a little bit differently than some more formally trained people, but I, I kind of created it or I started using it in a way that worked for me and infused with my naturopathy. So I teach a very, or I, I do, and I now teach to a lot of other people, um, a very, what I would say, modern form of medical astrology that's very practical and you can use it. It's, it's not so much, you know, there's finding surgery dates for people or, you know, there's ways to ask questions astrologically. It's called a horary chart, but in a medical astrology called a decumbature chart. So traditionally we would look at, sorry, I've totally diverged on that question, okay, but, but a decumbature chart is a chart taken from the moment somebody got sick or they took to their bed or the moment they asked a doctor for help. And that was used um, in medical astrology, you know, for hundreds, if not thousands of years to determine how to treat the person and if the ailment was going to be really strong versus the person. And, um, and I do use those, but probably not as much as some traditional medical astrologers do. I tend to stick more to my natal chart, looking at people's constitutions, but yeah, I'm very much self-taught over the years. Two things in that one, the fact that you like went through books and looked at it and then spoke to other people that were doing yeah. it and, that is probably a quite traditional way of learning about yeah. things. Like you think about that's how information was always shared like way back yes. when, but also in terms of looking at when someone got sick, I find in this day and age, we almost don't know when that point of getting sick is because we just brush so much stuff off that, oh you gosh, know, yes. I don't know, going back to what the 15th or 16th century, like you had so much more time to be aware of yourself. So, you know, when you took to your bed sick, where, yeah. you know, now you, you I don't think most Soldier people would on. know. <laughs> no, no. And we don't, you know, and back then illness was a lot more serious because we didn't have antibiotics and we didn't have antiseptic and anesthetic, yeah. you know, so getting sick you didn't just push through and keep going until you fell into a heap. People had to stop and deal with stuff because, you know, like a cut, if it turned bad, could go septic and kill you. Yeah. You know, we had herbs to work on stuff, but there was a lot more, yeah, you weren't busy, you know, doing a TikTok live, whatever, <laughs> Instagram. You were busy listening to the body to some extent because you didn't have the option to not listen. Yeah. 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 And I just, I've been lucky, you know, I've been a practitioner for 25 years. So as much as, you know, many, many, many of the patients I've seen over the years had nothing to do with medical astrology. I have, oh my God, I haven't even calculated, but thousands, tens of thousands of clients that I've seen and I've seen how nature heals and I've seen how they take instruction. And I have known some of their astrology, if not all of it. And so I just, I'm lucky enough that 25 years into my career, I still love what I do. And I just, I have all that knowledge of experience of what's going on for people. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the longer you're in practice, the more, the more, you know, but the more you don't think, you know, Yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Same as when we age, we think we know everything when we're teenagers and the older we get, we realize we oh actually God. know nothing. <laughs> Oh my God. But I thought I knew at 25. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> but I then I'm now, you, you know, I now I'm like, I oh, know nothing. Oh my God. What if I'm not doing, you know, and then you forget how much of the information has just been become intrinsic knowledge. Yeah. 
And then you listen to yeah. yourself talk on a podcast like this and you realize, actually, I do know quite a bit. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I still feel like I know nothing, you know, or, or you give such simple advice to somebody and you're like, oh my God, they've paid me for that. That's like ridiculous. But they're like, this is amazing. And you're like, oh, thank God, because it felt, you know, I just, yeah. Because like you said, that. you've done it the whole time. So it's second nature to you now. I know. And it's so beautiful. You know, it's beautiful getting to watch people tune into themselves and learn about themselves and how to better steer their way through their health and their life. It's mad. It's a mat. It's magic getting to be a part of that. And it's magic getting to be a part of teaching other practitioners. I'm a bit nostalgic today. My, all my classes finished yesterday. So I've all these new baby birds graduate into the world as practitioners. And it's just such a gift getting to watch people become healers. Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, so lovely. Yeah. So before I dive into my last couple of questions, can sure. you let listeners know where they can find you, how they can work with you and oh, sure. anything you've sure, got sure. coming up? Sure. So um, I do kind of run two parts to my life. The astrological practitioner, um, you know, my medical astrology naturopathy, the website is called astrologyofhealth.com. It's also on my social media handles. It's just astrology of health. So Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then if, you know, my, my pure naturopathy sports nutrition is actually just my name. So it's kirasutherland.com.au. But you can get a hold of me through either website, but I keep those kind of separate. Um, but my astrology website, since that's what we're really talking about, has a list of... Um, all the future places I'm lecturing or webinars that I'm doing. So that is an easy place to see what I'm doing or to send me an email. If you want to work with me, I do take clients. It's about a three or four month wait at the moment. Um, unfortunately, but I, um, yeah, so I, that's where I post what I'm doing. Um, and so I'll always social media, I'll post what I'm doing. I feel like I'm not telling you. I also have, if people are really interested, I actually have on my astrology website, a bunch of courses, that you can take at your own pace. So if this is something you're really interested in and you want to just dive into a little bit, I have a, you know, introductory medical astrology courses and stuff like that listed. So there's lots of ways to get info out of me, not always face-to-face. -face. I'll um, put all those links too. So then people can see when you have this lovely new book coming out as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. I probably have three books over the next year, but yeah. Hopefully the houses comes out first. And um, as I said, I'm going to teach a medical astrology course next year um, online. There's a spot on my website to actually sign up to be informed about that. I think I just fixed that yesterday. Um, well, I also lecture a lot for, I lecture a lot for a bunch of different groups. So they're all listed on my website as well. The, the beauty of being a medical astrologer is I very much stick to medical astrology and I don't tend to do lectures in what I term regular astrology. Mm -hmm. So a lot of other astrology schools often invite me to teach just the medical. So I'm, I'm lucky that I get to co-teach within a lot of other people's systems. So that's really fun. Yeah, nice. You do do a lot of teaching. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm born to teach. Yeah, I love yeah. teaching. <laughs> It's in your natal makeup. <laughs> it is in my natal makeup in about 10 different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So my final question is how do you sustain, strengthen and nurture your life? Oh, oh my gosh. All kinds of ways. Um, I do a lot of sport, which I find is my meditation. So lots of running and uh, usually lots of skiing, but that's not happening this year because I'm in Australia, not North America. Um, I sustain by uh, a lot of study of my own and doing a lot. I do a lot of sacred stuff. I do a lot of, you know, ritual and meditation and hmm, how else do I sustain myself? Teaching, teaching sustains me, gives me yeah. back by giving, I think. So I don't know. I try to, I think about, I sound really busy, but I actually take lots of time off. I've got a great family and a great daughter and husband and, and hmm, nature, nature study, sacred. I think that covers it. Oh, I love that. It's just yeah. like you got a really good balance in there too. Like you said, like you're obviously busy, but it's busy doing things that 
light you up with the balance of yeah. being able to do that. Yeah. Or, yeah. I'm, I'm very blessed. I would say at a very young career age, I found my passion and it, you know, being a practitioner always gets to evolve. That's, I think that's the beauty of our industry is that you can chop and change. Like some years I'll teach more at university. Some years I'll see more clients or like next year I'm planning on retreating it a bit and doing a lot more writing and teaching online. And you can, you can oscillate how you do it. So it's not a nine to five and, and you get to have those little treats and keep it it's easier to keep it fresh, you know? Yeah. Yes, there's not the security of a nine to five job. I've never had a paid holiday in my life <laughs> or a paid sick day, but, um, but it's, you know, there's blessings in working for yourself that I just couldn't, I can't even measure. Yeah. And what are you currently doing in your life to find your home? I think, hmm. What, this is so many things. Um, I am back to running at the moment. I had a year where I wasn't very well after having shingles and I had no energy. So I finally have located my energy again and doing lots of trail running in the forest or woods or bush or whatever we call it here in Australia. What else is humming? Um, realizing it's time for a shift next year and to get more creative. So I'm doing a lot of creative pro I'm actually making a range of um, astrological essences. And that is, that's humming me along. They'll be done in the next couple months. I've been working on them for two years because I've been waiting for astrological lineups to do things. So that's coming to fruition. So that's humming me along. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. This has been such oh a my gosh. lovely yeah. conversation. Oh, it's been a delight. And this, these things make me hum connecting, you know, the internet and getting to meet people, like-minded people. I mean, I knew you physically as well, but, yeah. um, um, it's just magic. The, the connection, you know, as we move into a bunch of Aquarius stuff in the next week, which is all about humanity and connection. It's amazing. I actually think we're about to see the better bits from COVID at the moment, you know, we've, we've had so much stress and I know it's, we're not through it, but I think in the next month or two, we're going to see all the gifts that it's given us as the world had to slow down and connect on a different level. And that makes that I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm kind of almost spewing that I'm not going to live for the next 189 years when all the conjunctions happen with Jupiter and Saturn in air signs. Cause I just think, I it's going to be such an amazing time for the world. <laughs> I know. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. I'm ready. I'm ready for the air after all the physical, you know, it's been such a physical year for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Bring yeah. in some light and space. I know. I know. Excitement. New creation. Yes. Thank you yeah. very much. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So good to connect with you anyway, even if I can't see physically. Cheers for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Hum. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, and tell your mates about it. <laughs>